Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 159 of Game Store Profits. And actually, it's also our part two of our pre-Gen Con special. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Mike Perna, and now it's my turn to give an obnoxious nickname to our other host for the evening, our Nigerian prince of the dice mines, <laughs> Daniel Fisher. <laughs> well, you've no idea. You've no idea how long I've been waiting to say that. Dear friend, have I got a deal for you. I have in my bank account $3 million. And if you send me $50,000 or 100 dice, I will transfer that money into your account. <laughs> if you're wondering why I've said this, uh, due to the fact that by the time this posts, we are just but days away from Gen Con happening. Daniel, being one of the guys running the trip for Game Church, is trying to raise some money to get his people there. And so there were a lot of raffles. And so I forget which group it was that you posted up the raffle. And they said that you were like a Nigerian prince coming in here and, and wanted to make sure that this was actually legit. Yeah, it was actually Game Church. <laughs> which is funny. Which is funny. Well, you, you got to understand, though, I, I don't really post a lot in the Game Church group. Um, I'm kind of quiet in there because it's really chaotic and it really just affects it, it's a lot of stuff to process, and and I've got a lot of stuff already going on in my feed, and I try not to pay attention to it because I'm also working during the day, so I kind of hide from that group because even though it is a bunch of gamers, video gamers, and, and other like-minded Christians, um, I, I just I, I need to not be so chaotic during the day. <laughs> it's the best way to put it. But yes, Daniel has been offering dice like crazy, and currently, if I'm not mistaken, there is still one going on that will even be going on when this episode goes live. Yes. No, no, actually, no, it ends Friday, or Saturday. It's, it's, yeah, guys, I'm sorry, you can't get in on this sweet deal. It is a game science treasure chest of gem dice. It is 120 dice, which is 10 complete 12-piece game science sets, but they will be mismatched colors. So, because they're the way they're they're produced, so they'll be different colors. So you can't do a full complete set of one color. But um, yeah, it's it's a pretty good deal. It's actually worth a, a lot of money, and uh, it's it's great. I want it myself, but I can't win it. I'm running the raffle. People think I'm dirty. Well, since this is going to be a uh, this. Since this episode is going to be going up after we've announced the winner, I'd like to congratulate Jason Barker on winning this amazing pile of dice. <laughs> well, you know, on the last doc, uh, last one, Aaron Anderson in the tavern won. And, it's and true. He was like, I never win anything. I said, well, today, buddy, you have won. And he won. And I, I was super jealous because those are really sexy dice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Drew's like. Drew was like, what color do I need to send him, and who do they go to, and you sure I can't charge him any more money? And I'm like, yes, yes, no. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, the, the, I mean, I, I really want a set of Drew's dice. When um, I get to the booth at Gen Con, I'd usually just walk up there and just start playing with his dice. And he gets so mad because he's trying to put them in a the case. <laughs> <sighs> well... I, I can understand just wanting to play with them because if I'm not mistaken, Norse Foundry is the ones who do the the floating head dice. Uh, well, they do. 
Um, the dice that they do now, they've got a set of floating dice that are unlike uh, the original person that did the floating dice only did a D6 and um, the first set and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I've had many conversations with the guy. So anyway, Norse Foundry decided to do a floating face dice on every die. But at the yep. same time they released theirs, this guy who released the floating D6 released the set identical to it. Oh wow! Yeah, and so like that that set of dice is yeah you know, they and but they did just do a Kickstarter a while back for a set of dice that they call the Wondrous Dice. It's multicolored anodized aluminum. Nice. Yeah, they're really nice dice. I, I enjoy. Them. But all this talk about stuff that's leading up to Gen Con, like I said, we are in part two of our pre-Gen Con special. This episode literally being days before the event actually happens. And like pretty much everybody out there who is creating any kind of board gaming content, we felt it was, you know, due that we should kind of give our voice to some of the games that, that we're excited about that are going to be available at Gen Con this year and, and showing up at the event. I did give a little bit of a prelim because I posted not only one, but two different Gen Con previews because there are so many titles that I'm interested in and curious about that I figured it was apparently worth two different lists of it. Well, I'll give you that because, as everybody knows, you'll be attending Gen Camp this year. I will be attending Gen Cant this yeah, year. Yeah, so you, you get to have an extra list because cause you, you you will probably be texting me like every 15 minutes, go try this out, go try this. You've already given me a mission when I get there. Yeah, I, I don't know if that mission is actually going to succeed, but man, do I want it to. Well, if it does, we'll see what happens. And, and, and you know, it's the... The key is what they're wanting. I, and I'm not telling anybody what this mission is because I want to get there first. <laughs> So <laughs> we'll, we'll see if it works. This mission, should you choose to accept yeah. it, is one of, of intense secrecy. Ho- hopefully they'll let me do it. So, But anyway, we do want to talk about the, the games that are have a, having us, you know, kind of get excited and frothing at the mouth a little bit to use a secret cabal kind of term. Yeah. But uh, before we get into that, I did, since you mentioned Jen Cant, uh, it is now official that Inroads Ministries has donated a couple games into the prize pool for this year's Gen Cant event. Yeah. And so, because of the fact that there will be way more of us at Gen Cant than at Gen Con, uh, I wanted to make sure I drew your attention to that. Oh, wow. Because I posted up the prizes, you know, in on our Facebook page and in the tavern just the other day, and a handful of people are like, I have no idea what this is. How does one participate in this? So I want to make sure that y'all know that this is a thing and be, and get you guys excited about it as much as I am. So what are those games? Well, before I get into the specifics of what we donated, because that it's just a tiny little pebble in the pile of stuff that is going to be given away this year, uh, I do want to briefly just kind of ramp up for what Gen Cant is. Uh, Gen Cant started out as a joke. Uh, it was somebody created a goofy punny hashtag for, you know, to kind of mope about the fact that they weren't at Gen Con. And before you knew it, it became a thing and badges were made and a mascot was created and game companies decided they wanted to donate copies of their games to be given away as prizes. 
And suddenly it became this really huge thing. I've been, I've been talking with uh, Suzanne Sheldon, who is pretty much the driving force behind making Jen Kant the legitimate unconvention that it is. And I said, I just want to thank you for what you're doing. Cause I know like I do small scale events and I get, you know, drawn out and, and figuring out and stressed to the hilt as to how to make these things happen. I can't even fathom to do one like this. And she was like, she was definitely, definitely a little bit on the harrowed side, just because this is a big, this is a big thing with a lot of different people doing a lot of different things, and that makes a lot of different wheels turn. The short version of Jen Kant is go to their website. I will link it in the show notes. And uh, throughout the event of Gen Con, they will be posting up different things, and you have the opportunity to. Anytime you're playing a game or anything like that, hanging out with your friends, you can tag it with the Gen Cant hashtag. Uh, I believe they, I don't know if, if, if it's just Gen Cant or if it's Gen Cant 2017 this year. Again, check their website for that stuff because I'm sure more of that will become crystal clear as the event opens up. And for doing stuff like posting pictures and answering questions and doing stuff in their board game geek guild, you have a chance to enter in for this huge pile of prizes. Uh, and I'm not going to lie. There are a lot of these that really have my attention. Uh, a lot of them, there's things like uh, game store gift cards. There's tons of copies of amazing games. Uh, the broken token is giving away gift cards for, for their different uh, inserts and stuff like that. So there's so much to win. What we have contributed is directly related to what somebody has contributed to us. Uh, our friend uh, over at Kara Games, Pat Lysite, has decided that he was just going to give us a ton of commissioned. And he said, give these out as you see fit. Well, part of as I see fit is giving one away at Gen Cant. So we're giving away awesome. a copy of, of commissioned. Uh, Another friend of, of the ministry is Jason Tagmeyer from over at Button Shy. Uh, Jason was at TavernCon, and at TavernCon, we run an event called the Pretense Meta Tournament. And Jason showed up, and he's like, oh, by the way, I have this entire box of Pretense. If you want to give these away, you totally can. So I'm going to give one away at Gen Cant. <laughs> Wow. And this is the this is the AEG boxed version of Pretense, which is the game that you play when playing other games. It's a ton of fun. We always have a good time with it when we run it at TavernCon. And if you do regular game nights, it's definitely something that can add to the experience. I do want that game. I do want it. But I can't. I really do have a pile of them, Daniel. I'm pretty confident I can get you oh one. Oh my goodness, yeah. I, I've been trying to reach out to Jason Tagmar. <laughs> Uh, maybe one day I'll get to talk to him. <laughs> but, so yeah, those are our contributions to Gen Cant. Like I said, we are just the tiniest little speck in this prize pool. A lot of companies and a lot of individuals are throwing their, their games in there and, and gaming accessories. And it's, it really is a cool thing. It, I literally found myself last year printing up a Gen Cant badge and I put it in my badge holder and I, I actually, I didn't wear it around because I wasn't to that level, but I did, I did have it as a thing. Like I, I made it a thing. I had a little ritual of putting my badge into my badge holder because I don't know, there's something about like, like it does ease a little bit of the, the missing out aspect of it 
for those of us who can't go to the con, it kind of eases that up a little bit because we're all doing this cool thing together and it's a ton of fun and there's a chance to win cool stuff. Well, so it's, it's, I'll let you know if you still want to go to Gen Con, there's still a chance. You can, you can <laughs> still go. It, it, we just kind of get you funded. And anybody <laughs> listening here, if you can get funded in one day, you can go. There we go. But anyway, all of that stuff, we have already talked about so much about our Gen Con experience and the stuff like that. It's time to get to what everybody is super curious about, what everybody is just scouring the interwebs trying to find reviews of the Gen Con games. Daniel and I have both created lists. We'll see how far we get. I think we'll probably end up doing at least five apiece, though... Both of us have get, have lists that are significantly longer than ten. Oh, yeah. Because here here's one thing before we get going into specifics, I'll, I'll get your opinion on this. I've heard a bunch of commentators talking about the fact that there is no real standout. Oh my goodness, I must own this game at this year's Gen Con. It was the same as last year, but also the same as last year. I think that even though there isn't one, oh my goodness, I must own this title the general bar is set really high. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I'm really interested in, even if there isn't one super standout. Well, you know, they they said that, but there was a must-own game last year. And we both owned it. <laughs> yeah. Zombies. I'm just kidding. No, Scythe. No. Yeah. Yeah, it, that was the must-own game last year. Everybody wanted that game. And, 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 you know, so there's going to be a game out there. I, I know there, there's something out there. It's going to be out there. You know, I'll end up coming out with a copy of Gloomhaven. That's all I'm going to say. Good luck to you, sir. <laughs> well, I can't say it, it, it's completely without hope. I mean, they are, they did just run their second print Kickstarter. Yeah. And they are doing uh, Founders of Gloomhaven. Which is not anything like Gloomhaven, but... Just the fact that you say that name is probably going to convince a lot of people to go out and grab it. Oh, yeah. But so, yeah, th- we have no shortage of titles to talk about. So, Daniel, I don't know if you want to do this in any order. I don't know if you, we just want to literally just talk about whatever. Um, uh, well, I will I will let you lead the charge if, if we want to go in some kind of order. I have it ranked, but I really yeah, don't care. I really don't have mine ranked. Um, but the, the thing is though, that there's a, there's one game that we share, um, and, and I do have a lot of kids games. And so I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to hit a little bit on both. The first game that is probably my number five that I'm going to look for is going to be probably Tesla versus Edison just to try it out. I just want the dual version, uh, just to try it out. I didn't get the, I saw the other one last year. Uh, but I didn't get a chance to play it, the original Tesla versus Edison. But this year I want to try out the duel. Um, it, it's it's you know it's supposed to be a lot faster and uh, it looks like a better game. When you said that it was a card game, you had me intrigued because I was looking forward to Tesla versus Edison, but I don't know. I like a good meaty kind of game, but it just seemed like it was super heavy and super dry and i just i just didn't find myself getting into the original game conceptually i find that whole thing i mean the steampunk in me is fascinated by the whole tesla edison debacle 
Um, so I wanted to love it. Yeah. So I wonder if this might be something that would get me in. Well, you know, I think it's kind of the same as far as like build, building a company. Uh, but it's a 15 to 30 minute card game for two people. Um, yeah, which, is, which I don't even think you could do setup of the original yeah, one in 15 to 30 minutes. So, but yeah, the um, it, it does look a little bit better. It's like a very a lot lighter. And I, I've been falling more in love with card games lately because my family's been playing a lot of them. So, um, anything where I can, you know, my wife is more in tune to playing a card game than she is for me dragging out a big box full of bits and stuff. And so I can be like, hey, play this card game with me. And she's like, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the first one that I want to bring up is one that seems like it would be pretty obvious because it wasn't that long ago that everybody and their uncle was clamoring for a copy of the original game. It won a ton of awards, despite the fact that all all they did recently was put out a different version, but that different version was up for a whole bunch of awards. Uh, They've come out with another version of Codenames. It's Codenames Duet. Yeah. And I have often said that as much as I love Codenames, and I do think it is an incredibly fun approachable game that should be in every gaming library. I started realizing that every event I ever went to, that's all we ever did was play code names. Well, that's what people want to play though. Oh, I understand that. But I find myself just looking at my giant pile of games and going like, I love that you guys are having so much fun, but please let's play something else. <laughs> um, Codenames Duet actually has me excited about Codenames again. Because it's not that analysis paralysis craziness of let's get... Because it's never like four or five people playing Codenames. It's usually like 12. Yeah. And so it usually ends up with the, the, the person who's going to be the spy master is just staring for days. And then eventually comes up with a word... And then it takes the team like another 15 minutes to figure out what they're going to do. Codenames Duet takes all of that and brings it into a two-player experience. And instead of playing against each other, you're playing with each other. And it makes it this incredible thinky kind of game because you only have so many turns to do everything. So there is a hard limit on how long you can take to make this happen. So it does push you to try and go for the larger, the larger words and the larger clues. While at the same point, there are more assassins. There's more consequences. I, I think this could get me excited about code names again. And for the fact that my wife loves code names, the fact that it's two player, really gets me excited. I, I think that I could actually enjoy Codenames again. It, and you, you did mention something there. Uh, the wife loves it. Th- that's the thing about being married is is even though we like to buy games that we like to play, we have to start thinking about our spouses because, you know, in the Bible we learn that they are part of our flesh. We are one flesh and, you know, if, if they're not happy, we're not going to be happy either. <laughs> Looking at look at you getting all theological. I'm just saying I want to play more games, and so I want to have somebody who's in house who I can play with. Yeah, and, and as long as you get games that they like, they'll play more games with you. Exactly. But yeah. So what what's the next one on your list? It's kids game, and it's only because one I love what it. 
okay, I love bees. I love honey. I love anything to do with bees. And so this game's called Bees. Um, that's with five E's. And um, so pretty much it's a dexterity game. Um, and with dice, which is a plus. And um, it's four ages, I believe. It's, it's a little bit older. It's not a kid's kid's game. It's 14 and up. But it looks like it's it's made for some like six year olds, and, and I've never seen a fourteen plus dexterity game. Yeah. So you know, you're gonna be rolling dice and and, and trying to figure out um, you know which dice to grab to help help you uh, pick your fledgling uh, uh, queen. So and and I guess it's a speed thing. I could see fights coming out over this, especially with teenagers. But I mean. Uh, it just looks great. I just I love the colorful artwork and and it's just it looks pretty good. I, and and I will tell you, people like this year. I, I, I'll, I'll give you a heads up. This year at Gen Con, I will be spending a lot of time at the booth, so I won't get to see a lot of games. That's why I'm I, I got to pinpoint my games. <laughs> well, I mean, there's something to be. I mean, again, there's so much stuff. This is the first year that Gen Con has ever sold out ever. Yeah. So oh, yeah. the idea that that in previous years the hall was already full to bursting enough, now you add even more people and even more stuff to see. I can't even fathom. I I I'm very thankful that the folks at BGG took the time to make that little tool that they have where you can literally like make a map yeah. of where the stuff is in the hall that you're particularly interested in. Which, by the way, if you're if you're going to Gen Con and you haven't seen the the BGG preview 2.0, check that out. You can filter it; it'll give you an idea of where everything is in the hall. It is greatness. Yeah, I'm I'm already making my map. It's important to make the map, and especially with it going over into Lucas Oil Stadium, mm-hmm. um, and it just it's just a big big area. So, so. My next one, I it's funny because when I created my list, I had a specific set of guidelines because there's so much stuff. So it's so easy just to, to point everything and, and be like the folks running through Willy Wonka's factory. <laughs> I want this and all of these and six of those. Uh, there was one one of the, the prereqs that I said is, is that it, it has to be new. Like if you can already buy it, I don't, it's not going to make the list because if you can already buy it before Gen Con, there's no, in my opinion, there's no real need to get super buzzed about getting it at Gen Con. You can just go down to Target later and get it. But this game technically has already been released. Okay. Technically, you can go ahead and get it. And I know several people who have gotten it already. However, they did that by importing it. <laughs> they went to the to the German Amazon and ordered it from there. But isn't the instructions in German? A lot of times when you import games, they actually do have English rules with them. What? If they don't have English rules with them, there's this thing called BGG, and I promise you somebody has translated the rules. All right, so what's what's this this glorious game that you're that people have been uh, sneaking into the, the United States? Well, they're not sneaking it in anymore. Z-Man Games actually got the rights to publish it here in the States. Okay. 
the game is number nine. And if you're looking for it on a BGG list, do not look up number nine. It's NMBR and the number nine. You know, the, the thing is that when you said number nine, I hear it in, in Eric's voice. Number nine. Number nine. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I would probably do that significantly because what this game is is that you have tiles from i i I believe it's either one to nine or zero to nine i can't remember but what it is is that you have to build up from the ground your the the tiles you're using Mm -hmm. and nothing you you have to have the tile that you use completely overlap every tile that you're you're you've built before and nothing can kind of hang over right so you were trying to take these very they the numbers look very digital like they're cardboard they're heavy cardboard pieces and they look like very, like digital readout and so it's a lot of square edges so it's real hard to actually put these together in a way that you can make everything fit the way it's supposed to because you can't just go 9876543211 like there's it's randomized and so you're like oh my goodness what where where can I put this that it's actually going to work? <laughs> it's a simple game, but at the same point, even though it's simple, much like when you were talking about bees, like the the color in this game, like every number is this this day glow like neon color. It it looks really cool on a table. It's simple so that I could literally teach this to pretty much anybody, and it looks like a lot of fun. And you just see, I just. I can already see people at my table kind of spinning numbers in their hands, trying to find that just perfect way that it works. Oh, wow. That kind of reminds me of a Karosha that we played at the house. Cause the kids are like, while we're taking turns, they're, they're, they're trying to logistically figure out how to put their pieces to build their maze. Right. So, so you bring that up. I, I before we started recording, I was going to bring this up, but I now that we're here, I'm going to do it now. Uh, did you see? There's a game. I don't know if it's. I didn't see it on the Gen Con list, which is why I didn't add it on. But apparently, there is a game that is either already out or coming out in the near future called Bunny Kingdom. I think I heard about that. It is a strategy game where you are building a nation of bunnies. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, because I always had an interest in the GURPS um, module called uh, Bunnies and Burrows. Did you ever see that? Yes. Oh, man. Yes. Try to get away from Farmer Bob, you know, stealing his veggies. And, you know, you can end up dying in that. Yep. Shotgun blast the the rear end. (laughs) But... But yeah, that, I, 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 I digress. I, I like I said, I didn't see Bun- uh, Bunny Kingdom on the Gen Con list, <laughs> so I don't even know if it's going to be there. But I just saw that, and you brought up Carodia, yeah. so yeah, it's a good game. It's a good game. So uh, my next game, or, or if we're ready to get to the next one, um, I, I'm oh, actually yeah. putting it with ranking it right there where you have it ranked because we're both going about to say, are we are we going to get to our overlap? Yeah, title? we're going to get to our overlap power because we both. I've been eyeballing this one for. Oh man, about two months maybe because um, it was mentioned on the Dice Tower and I was like, oh, what is this game? And then I had to go look it up. Um, it's Photosynthesis and it's from one of my favorite uh, game makers and I bet you can't guess who makes this game. 
Well, I can because I looked it up. It's on my preview list. <laughs> but it is blue orange, and I love blue orange games. And usually, it's they they make a lot of kid, cool kids games. I've got two of their games right now, but this game just blows me away. It's just so pretty. I mean, it, and and it kind of just I just don't know. It's just. Uh, so for the for those of you who aren't aware of photosynthesis, because you know I, I've seen a bunch of reviewers talk about it, but it kind of it it could easily be something that would kind of go under the radar because on its surface, especially if you're a theme driven kind of person, this could seem very boring. You are literally planting and growing trees. Right. But the key is this is a strategy game, folks. The key. Oh yeah, it is. is um, you want your plants to grow more than your co- opponents. And by growing the right plants, you can block the sunlight so their plants cannot get sunlight for photosynthesis. And so you, you find yourself trying to figure out, okay, where is the sun? Because the sun actually does move. And it's just really, the components are gorgeous. I cannot begin to explain how great these components look. Yeah, it's, it, they went over the top. Uh, I mean, like my favorite game of theirs is Battleship, even though the first game I ever got from theirs was uh, Pirate Skull, or King Skull, sorry. And and Battleship was a really fun game, too. And I actually might bring it because it's, it's a strategy game, and even though it's made for kids, I could sit and play that thing for hours if people would play it with me. But this game, I mean, just the artwork, oh my goodness, I, it just... I, I, it reminds me of a cartoon, but I can't place it. That I can't say. I will. I mean, the the trees they use, they actually do do three D trees, and you can swap out the little ones as they grow. the The sun has this cool, like dial, like almost like sundial-y looking kind of thing, so that tracks where it is at all times. You're it. It just looks gorgeous. Yeah. And, and you know me, I'm a sucker for a game that draws attention. I'm a sucker for a game that's going to get people who are just walking by the table going, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and this thing is just crazy when you walk past it. It is downright nuts to see these trees growing and people swapping them out. And at the same time, getting really psyched and really angry about things like like I can't believe you planted there. I, my my plants are gonna die. I'm never gonna see the sun again. <laughs> oh, but yeah, this is I can't wait for this game. I, you know, if if I can grab a copy of this game and I have the money, that's that's the key right now. I'm, I'm going on a limited budget, but if I can get this game, it's coming home. It will come home. Yeah, no, it it looks fantastic. Yeah, and it. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go for it. No, I was going to say, last year at Gen Con, over half my money ended up at the Hava Slice. Because they, they usually sit up near Blue Orange. And, like, I, I had a whole row just to go down and, and buy games. And, and over half my spending money was spent there. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Oh, kids games. Plus, you know, having ha- having a family and, 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 and a lot of kids and things like that, you know. I'm having to buy. Oh, I know. Work. I'll be. I'll be looking for kids' games. It's fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and then we might have to start the inroads library to where we have to start sending each other kids' games as our kids grow out of them. <laughs> yeah, really, <laughs> the circular kids' library. Yeah. 
But uh, I, I think I'll go. I'll go next because I mean, technically we overlapped there, but you, you started that one, so I'll go to the next one because the next one, I'm not gonna lie, the next one has me. I don't. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it, and both of the feelings I have at the same point are very, very strong. I really do not need another LCG in my life. <laughs> Nobody does. I really have no room at all to have an LCG in my life. I already got rid of my Doomtown, not because Doomtown is bad, just because I can't do it. I already have my Netrunner sitting up there, and thankfully, it seems like our friend Brent is going to be you know, working out so we can do this online over Google Hangouts, but my Netrunner cards mostly just sit there. But when I heard that Fantasy Flight is going to create a Legends of the Five Rings LCG. This has been done before. I know. And I liked the one before. We talked about this. That's the entirety of Card Holla is Legends of the Five Rings. Yes, but here, here's the thing. Okay. Now... I'm not going to be one of those people who bashes a company. Okay. I won't do it. But the people who had L5R before, and if you either know that or you can do your homework, I'm going to leave that to you because, again, not here to bash the company. I I love a lot of what they do. The company who had the license for L5R before Fantasy Flight... Did not handle it well. I could see that. I, I think I only bought one deck of that when it first came yeah, out. Yeah, they did, they did a fine job on the role-playing game. But they did not handle the... Because at that point, it was LCG wasn't even a thing. It was a CCG, a collectible card game. Right. And... So the ability to do it as an LCG where I can literally say, I want to buy X clan. I want to buy, you know, for me, based on the world of L5R, I would probably be going for crane clan because that's usually my jam. I could then go and say, okay, to build a solid crane clan deck, I need X, Y, and Z pack. I wouldn't have to spend eight hundred dollars hoping to find the cards i need yeah see that and at the end of the day i mean this this world is fantastic i love rokugan and everything that's there i love the world of l5r to the point where even though pretty much I don't know anybody who still plays the L5R role-playing game, but I would do that in a heartbeat because I love I, I only dipped my toe into that world and I wanted more of it. So the idea that it, it's coming out in a an LCG format from people who know how to do the LCG format. I mean, even though I don't get to play Netrunner nearly as much as I, I'd like to. That's a solid game. Right, yeah. I mean, that is I a well-done, well-designed game. I've a lot of good things about that. I've never never thought about getting into it because I, I just kind of had my feel over the collectible card games. And Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. I, I swore off collectible card games long ago. 
And every once in a while, I find myself being tempted to play Magic again, but then my wallet goes, dear God, no. Yeah. Well, with me, it would be legacy uh, playing like the, I uh, can't remember what they call it now, the old school style where you can play any card. Nothing's banned. Yeah. Um, that's- yeah, no, I, there have been times when I'm like, you know, playing a commander deck would be fun. And then I just, I know that if I were to get in, I would go all in and I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time when I was a child and had no bills that I could do that when I can drop a couple hundred bucks on, you know, a, a box of cards. But those days are long gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. I'm there with you. But yeah, no, the, literally the second they announced that L5R was going to get an LCG, I was like, this is dangerous. And I need to have somebody watching over me. <laughs> yeah, they, you need to have somebody watching over your wallet. Yes, exactly. You're like, wife, well, take this. I'm going into the comedy shop. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not allowed to even pick up that box. <laughs> <laughs> well, my next game is a card game. And, uh, and I only had to mention really one word. And uh, you knew exactly what I was talking about. Yep. So... Alright, so AEG is making a variant of Love Letter called Lovecraft Letter. It is, you know, it's in the 1920s and they're, you know, following that whole thing of World War One, And um, it's the Love Letter system with more cards. Um, you know, you have more than your standard 16, but you, know, you have special insanity powers. The whole point is to still to get your points. At the end, but it, you've got other ways around that um, by stealing points and driving people insane from what I've been reading. And, you know, I do like Love Letter. It's a really light, fun game to play. And uh, hopefully this one will be as good. I hope the price is is about the same, but I'm seeing it's probably about twice what Love Letter usually runs. Yeah, I I would say that this one had me curious, but not enough to actually list it on anything. Yeah. I was curious because of the fact that so many versions of Love Letter exist already. Yeah. And while some of them do add a little bit of difference to the gameplay and to the, the makeup of things, it usually just seems like here's the different version of love letter. It's the yeah. exact same, but they do different things. And sometimes it's really jarring. Like I, the fact that uh, I remember when they first announced Batman love letter, I'm like, so Batman is receiving love notes from his criminals. Like, yeah, <laughs> well, I have the Hobbit version and you know, you're trying to get, um, Arkenstones. No, I, they do, they do a decent job of making these, you know, versions different, but it's one of those things where is it different enough that if I have the original, do I want this other one? Well, I think I think the whole branding is they they wanted to try to find something boys would play, and I don't mean to be sexist on this. We 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 you know I'm not trying to be because I know a lot of guys that would not play love letter because they did not want to receive letters of love from a dude. And, oh, that's weird. I know, I know, and and with, you know that's why I think they came out with a lot of variants of it at first. But I mean, there's yeah, I don't care. I'll play it. <laughs> uh, there, there was one game that struck me as weird where you had to buy your wife um, 
you, you were a uh, Victorian couple and you had to get your wife a dress, I believe. Um, the game is ladies and gentlemen, yeah. and it is one of the greatest experiences you'll yeah, ever have in your life. I, I, I want to play that game. So, uh, there is nothing more entertaining than, than seeing a bunch of people talking about talking vaguely and in a very proper British tone about how, you know, they need a, a dress for the, for the dance this evening, but the husband is going, Oh no, my dear, I don't believe we have the, the funds to do this. Yeah. It it's so ridiculous and so like Victorian London proper, but oh my goodness, it's so good. Well, I will tell you this at TavernCon next year. I've already told my wife I will be at TavernCon next year. I, there's no in, in if or buts about it. I will be there. Um, but I told her, I, you know, that I'll be there. But you're going to play this game with me. Ladies and gentlemen, I will. I will gladly play, ladies and gentlemen, with yes, you. Yes, you're going to play this with me. I, 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 I just think it's going to be amazing. Me and you sitting there debating whether or not you're going to buy me a dress. <laughs> I, I am a, a tight but firm ruler. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, uh I, I don't know. There again, I. I did get excited when they did the Adventure Time one, but at the same point, I don't own that one. Yeah. Like, I I want to, I want to know that this is more than just the Cthulhu license is free. Why not slap it on? Yeah, I get what you're saying. And there's a few Cthulhu games that I've wanted um, that I haven't actually grabbed. There is one coming out at Gen Con, which. Despite the fact that the Perna household is still under the no Cthulhu rule, it's possible that this one might slide under the radar uh, because it's absolutely ludicrous. And if we've got some extra time, once we get past all of our main titles, I might I might talk about it because it I'm very curious about it. Well, the game that I that 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 I will say there is a Cthulhu game that I eyeball every time I see it just because of the name and it's Kingsport. Yep, because I live in Kingsport. Even though his do. Kingsport was made up, I've been trying to write to the. Per- and isn't his in New England? I think. Uh, yeah, his was in New England, but there's no other Kingsport in the United States. So I've been right. trying to find the right people so we can have a Lovecraft festival in Kingsport. I think that would be there awesome. There you go. My next one, and this will be the last one on my my list proper. I actually found out about before it got put out there uh, at Je- for the Gen Con list. Uh, and I actually discovered it when I did my interview with Jeff Engelstein. Because Jeff Engelstein decided, or well, he was given the opportunity to design a game based on the IP for The Expanse. Now, do you know about The Expanse? Ah, I can't remember it. I know very little about it, but I do know the vague understanding of the setting. And as far as that goes, I'm really enjoying the concept. It's the idea that you're basically doing dealing with three civilizations, pretty much. You've got people on Earth, you've got people on Mars, and you've got people on this asteroid belt, which is kind of a mining colony in between the two. And it's all about the politics of who's in charge of what, and the asteroid belt realizing that neither of these places are going to do anything without the stuff that comes out of their minds. Yeah. Like, 
it seems like a really cool thing. And I know a lot of people who do watch the show and think it's amazing. The thing that really sent this shooting up my attention was the fact one that it's Jeff. Jeff makes good games. I, I have an ever increasing collection of his games in my library, but the other thing was, was that the idea of this game is inspired mechanically anyway. It's inspired by Twilight Struggle. But it's Twilight Struggle in a package that is much quicker, much easier to approach. But it still has that same kind of political power struggle vibe. Right. So it, the idea of having the awesomeness that is Twilight Struggle in a much easier to get your head around kind of format, let alone having this cool sci-fi theme. Not going to lie. I'm, I'm pretty dang excited about this one. Now I remembered the show. I I just haven't really gotten into it. The, the one thing that I did ask Jeff was like, do you have to know the show in order to play this game? Because sometimes it's almost super important. It's almost pivotal that you know the show right. when you're dealing with a game that, that is so tight with the IP. Right. He assures me that you don't need to know anything about this show to enjoy this game. And so I, like I said, it's Jeff. It's easier. It's easier than Twilight Struggle, but has the coolness of Twilight Struggle. I, I want it. I want to try it at the very least. I want to get it in front of me and see what it does. So this is my number one. And there's a few games that I debated with on this. Uh, and I'll give an honorable mention after this. And this is really because I don't like a lot of IP heavy games. But this one game is one of my favorite IPs. And just the whole premise behind this IP I love. And it's Warehouse 13, the board game. <sighs> Talk about obscure sci-fi shows. I love that show. Me and my wife used to watch it all the time. And 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 it was just awesome. And I'm I'm looking I've been looking at some of the pictures from it, just the dice alone are insane because they've got like uh they look like they would belong not belong in the warehouse but as far as like the number patterns and and how the the face looks with the little it's like little vaults on it and it's just insane and we all know that if there's ever a shot that you were going to want a game yeah putting a pile of custom dice in there is a significant way to draw you yeah, in yeah and i had to keep it from kevin though because <laughs> the first thing he would say is, uh, "Can you print that on your laser printer or your laser engraver?" Right. And, and, and I'm like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Well, then uh, let me have the dice." How about you give me those dice? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, Warehouse 13. It, it 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 looks gorgeous, and and I think I could get my wife to play that with me. I, I've always wanted to build a module for Savage Worlds based on Warehouse 13, which could very well fit in. A lot of their other modules. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been impressed with the the newest crop of IP heavy games. Yeah. Like every once in a while, you do still see a stinker that's just like trying to cash in on the IP. Yeah. But by and large, they're the companies are realizing if we want to 
really get the the deep pocket money on these IP games, we can't just slap it on there because all because people do research yeah. and people talk. And all it needs is one reviewer to be like, this is garbage and you're not you're not gonna get any of it. But they're pu- they're starting to put these IPs in the hands of really talented designers. Right. And so we're seeing a- an upswing in really quality games that have, you know, the kind of characters that we love. I'm really curious because there's uh Marvel Legendary now is everywhere and some of them are really good and some of them are terrible and some of them kind of just meh. But they just announced that they're going to have uh, a Buffy version of Marvel Legend, or not Marvel anyway, but it's the, the legendary system with Buffy. And I'm like, that could be a lot of fun if they do it well. Yeah. Is it going to be Buffy the could, TV show or Buffy the movie? The TV show. Okay. But but yeah, it, I I don't know. The it, the beautiful thing about Gen Con is that you can try stuff. Yeah. But. I, like I said, I will say, since we've kind of gotten through the list, there is the one game that I I want to try, and I don't know if you want to think about a game that's like this too. I don't know if it's going to be one that I would want to take home with me or not, but dang, do I want to try it. Uh, it is called Mountains of Madness. Technically, it's a Cthulhu game. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you know you know a lot of Cthulhu games in the house. Yes, but the reason the the No Cthulhu rule exists is because of the visual imagery. Right. This, at least from the artwork that I've seen, doesn't have any of that. You are trying to explore. You're trying to make stuff happen. You're trying to to solve puzzly-like things. But the way they do madness is not like you're heavy-handed, I'm going insane. It is literally like silly party game stuff. The the best example that I have to explain this is at, it was the first the first reviewer that talked about this that got me super excited about it <laughs> said that uh, he wasn't allowed to talk but he had to use his finger as a mustache under his nose he wasn't allowed to talk until somebody else at the table also made a finger mustache. That was his madness. He wouldn't speak to somebody unless they had a, a, a finger mustache. Oh, that sounds fun. That's the kind of stuff that we're talking about here. This is not like heavy-handed, twisting reality madness. This is is jumping up and down, acting like an idiot madness. Kind of reminds me of we didn't playtest this. I, I could see, a, if not the same mechanic, because we didn't playtest this, is literally just draw a card, do crazy thing. I think there's more to this from what I've seen, but just that absolute insanity makes me curious because I've played games of absolute insanity. I own Quelf and I kind of wish I didn't (laughs) because as funny a time as can be had by Quelf, it's also super awkward for a lot of people. So I don't know if this game will cross that line from really funny to super awkward, but dang, would I want to, to give it a try and explore whether or not it does or not, because it seems like something that could be 
ludicrous fun. And it was not when I saw a Mountains of Madness game, I because I've read, you know, all of Lovecraft stuff. I know the Mountains of Madness. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's another Cthulhu game with a lot of dark and gritty, whatever. And then to hear this stuff that I've heard about this game, it 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 blew me away. I want to try this now. <laughs> well, I do have an honorable mission. Okay. Really, mainly because it's uh, miniature heavy. Uh, <laughs> you know how I am about miniatures. Um, mm-hmm. It's sword and sorcery. Yep. I just really want to see it and see the quality of the miniatures before I ever think about buying it. Um, but the uh, it, it it looks amazing um, from the pictures I've seen. But you know, I kind of got burnt on miniatures last year because um, even though I do like scythe, the miniatures that come with my scythe set versus the scythe sets you can buy now are just horrible. I, I I mean the mechs are the same, but like the the uh, leaders are more detailed and uh so I, I would have to see this up close just to make sure it's just not like a this is our first attempt and it's going to be a low low uh, resolution miniature type game so you know you know. well you got to realize that scythe was a kickstarter thing yeah oh yeah i know i understand so you're you're dealing with a different a different scenario i i haven't seen the the sword and sorcery minis but I would imagine that because of the fact that it's always been a for retail product, I would imagine that that would be a whole other level. I mean, it's got an 8.5 in in the board game geek. And, and, you know, we were talking about that earlier about games being released that have high ratings that haven't really come out to market yet. Right. And, uh, you know, I was saying, I think that's probably because of the playtesters. So I'm hoping it's a good game and I hope I get a chance to play it. So, but this might, this honorable mission for tonight. And I, I think I need to, to channel the Romo. <laughs> I think, I think we need to, to bring in Romo by proxy to kind of wrap things up for this one because our, our boy Jeff is still dealing with a ton of family stuff. And, and those of you who have been praying for him, you can definitely keep that up. So we're, we're hoping that Jeff will be coming back to us pretty soon, but he's just dealing with so much stuff these days. Yeah. But I feel like I need to represent our boy and talk about a role-playing game that is being released because they're going to have I don't know if they're going to have it for sale or not. I haven't seen whether it's for sale or if it's just demo, but they are going to be having talking about fantasy flight. Fantasy flight has turned their, it's basically their star Wars system and made it generic. They've made the generic version of that with their custom dice and everything like that. It's so it's combination. Like it's very, very much like the star Wars system with a little bit of fate thrown in there. Mm -hmm. With custom dice, and it's called Genesis. Haha, generic system. Because they're cute like that. But, I don't know. I'm I'm very excited about the potential for this one. Like, there's part of me that's annoyed that I'd have to buy custom dice for a role-playing system. And I'm not going to lie, that that is something that would kind of steer me away from it. But I think there's still so much potential... 
depending on what you get in that book as far as world building and, and stuff like that. Because I like the idea of, of the Star Wars system that they have, which is like, it's not just do you succeed or do you fail, but there's degrees of each and there are complications to each. And I don't know. I think there's a lot of potential there. And, and I'm really curious. I'm pretty confident that at bare minimum, they're going to run some games with Genesis there. And I would be super curious to see how it plays. I, I do have a friend that I need to talk to because he runs a lot of games for Fantasy Flight at Gen Con. So if if this if this game is going to be at Gen Con, he will probably be the man that's running it. So I may have to get with him and find out what he's running and see if I can get in on, on some action. Well... Folks, I think we're going to leave it there. There is so much more stuff that we could talk about. There's so much... Like, even when I created my list... And again, I created two separate lists full of titles that met my very specific uh, requirements. Games that weren't already out, were available for sale, weren't just expansions or reprints. And even with my... Even with those kind of things in place, there were still two different lists... With honorable mentions. And that's me culling stuff. There's so much out there. And there's going to be so much to do and to see at Gen Con. Because, you know, this is this has always been a huge show. I've often said that this is, you know, if, if you're looking at all the different conventions and what they're for and what their kind of feel is, Gen Con is always a trade show. You are here to see the new shiny. And my God goodness is there a lot of new shiny to look at this year oh yeah <laughs> i'm excited can't wait can't wait it's less than a week <laughs> so da- daniel because the because of the fact that you will actually be there how about you tell some people some of the stuff that you're going to be at and where they can find you do you guys know what your booth number uh, is yet i can't remember it's it, okay can't remember the actual number i think it's like 151 or something like that um but it's the if you know the dealer entrance um, side of the hall walkway, um, where the dealers go in like an hour before everybody else does, we're right there at the door. So that one hallway, um, I'll have to look it up. I, I just forgot to do. It. I think it's like one fifty one or something. We're right across the, the stretch from USopoly. Um, we'll be over there. Um, I'll be there most of the time. Um, you'll see me. Flicker between Norse Foundry's booth and Game Science booth a lot, um, and you'll probably see me show up over in the Horticultural Hall, which is over at the um, Lucas Old Stadium this year. Which is where the other Daniel Fisher will yes, be. Yes, and that's kind of what I want to mention, because um, I'm going to go see him and spend time with him. We're going to have lunch together and lots of other wonderful good things. Um, because me and him are kind of like, it, he's kind of like my not doppelganger. We, we have the same name. Uh, our moms have the same name. Um, it's weird. And, and we talk a lot and I love him because he's just a great guy and, uh, he makes beautiful tables. That's not why I love him though. Um, so it's going to be our first time we get to hang out. So I'm, I'm going to go see him and, uh, it's going to be awesome. And then I'll probably be over at, uh, the Mobius booth. Did I say that right? If you're if you're talking about VR. the 
That would be the modifius booth. booth. I'm sorry, guys. I'm mad about words sometimes. Um, but I'll be seeing TR over there because he is running that booth this year. And uh, if y'all want to see TR not and say hi and wish him good luck at the innies, um, you just go over to there and say, hey, good luck at the innies. Daniel Fisher says I, I believe his. I believe his whole family will be there as well. Yes. So h- him, his wife, and his daughters should be there. And they are all worth meeting. Yes, they are. They are as we mentioned people. last episode. They are great people. And, and, and I love them to death so much. I, I just, TR uplifts me. Um, yeah, I, I'll be having a bad day, and all of a sudden I get a message from praying for you today. You know, it just things like that, and and just thinking about you, or I, I mean, just something about him. It's just, uh, I love it, <laughs> I love it. So, and then you you will also be in attendance at the Sunday morning service. Yeah, right? if if okay, I will try my best to be there. Dave Manley is on our team. Um, he will be running the show. Um, it depends on coverage. Um. If one of my guys says, hey, I'd like to go to the Sunday morning service, then I would go, okay, I'm going to take your spot at the booth. You go to the service. Right, because uh, somebody, at the end of the day, somebody does have to be at the yeah. booth. And so, and, and that's primarily where I'm going to be most of the time. But the, um, you know, just, just for the fact of, of I'd rather somebody, you know, as much as I want to experience it, if. I can get somebody new that's never experienced, uh, you know, what I experienced last year to go and experience it. I would rather me just stay at the booth, right? So I just want want them to be happy and and see the things that I've I've seen and, and felt and all these things. So, and it's important if you're going to be there, go go to that 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 Sunday morning service. It will change your life. Well, so that just about wraps up our pre Gen Con. Uh, discussions. Uh, again, if you're going, make sure you stop by the Game Church booth and say hi to Daniel and everybody else on the team. Uh, there is also, for those of us who are not going to be there, make sure that you check out the Gen Cant page. Again, I'm going to put that link in the show notes so that you guys can see that. Uh, I know... I don't know exactly what I'm going to be end up doing because it happens to coincide with a major family party. But... I'm pretty confident I could actually work it out that I could bring games to that party because it would be theme appropriate. Yay. But no matter what I'm going to do, you can see pictures of me doing stuff with games for Gen Cant, and you should do likewise for your chance to win cool stuff, including uh, the copy of Commissioned and uh, Pretense. All right, everybody, uh, that wraps it up. If you're going to the con, really enjoy yourself. I want to live vicariously through you. Make sure that, you know, it's, I'm super excited about the fact that so many regulars are already talking in the tavern about getting together at the event. If you do, please post pictures. Again, I want to live vicariously through you. I cannot be there this year, and it sucks because there are going to be so many regulars in attendance. But uh, I can look at the pictures and feel as if I am with you guys. So definitely do that and post them up in the tavern. Tag me if you want. I would gladly do it. I, I constantly harass TR every time he mentions anything that he, he needs to make sure that he gets a ton of pictures. So uh, all that to be said, whether you're at the con, not at the con, doing whatever, always remember, God is the game master. No matter how the dice fall, the game plays on. <laughs>